0: This is a very special episode. Um, we are recording on the tenth of October, but this is a very special episode. This is not your normal um, bi-weekly um, episode of the podcast, nor is it a Patreon bonus episode. No, we've um, this episode we have partnered with um, J Novel Club, who has very kindly um, reached out to us in order to review some of their manga, much like we have previously on the podcast. Um, they are paying us for us for this, but we will never play adverts on the podcast podcast as previously promised it does not affect our editorial standards it does not affect patreon bonus episode voting there will never be um, any um, cross pollination of those two is just a whole bonus extra episode for you our listeners so um, as a quick note this is me Elliot Page your host and also my lovely co-host Mr Andy Hanley how are you doing Andy
1: yeah I'm doing very well thank you
0: cool great so moving on um i think it'd be fair just to kind of mention and talk about j novel club up the front um those of you who are already familiar with them can probably skip this bit but we've talked about them quite a lot in the history of the podcast as kind of a force in the industry um but it's worth doing properly now we're actually here um so j novel club are a publisher of light novels and manga um they have been in operation for over two years at this point and have over 200 volumes of light novels under their belt um they release things digitally first where they kind of have a stream uh, model where they release and they translate and release parts of light novel volumes as they become available. Um, So you get a constant ongoing drip feed of content. I think for a long time they've been able to release new things daily. Uh, once a book is actually finished um, it gets an ebook release and it then if um, it does well it then usually moves on to a physical release Um, their faq is actually slightly behind the times on this but they do do um, quite frequent um, discussion on their forums as well as on their social media outreach so you can get the full skinny from them they do have a very good faq on the website though so worth taking a look at that if you'd like to know more Um, it is a paid membership based service Uh, non-members do get to view preview content like the start of volumes which is quite helpful if you just want to see if a volume or a series might be your cup of tea uh, members get access to all the available content on the site which is about five dollars us a month um, i have a subscription which allows me to read stuff a few series i do keep up with there's also a premium membership tier which i think is about um, 12 dollars a month which gets you all the content but also a monthly ebook coupon for a ebook download of their choice um, so that you can have it forever even if you cancel your subscription they have an iOS and an Android app, um, which works very well, frankly. Um, it does what it needs to. And also a web based reader, um, in particular for their manga. Um, as a quick note, uh, the file we received um, is the file that goes to the publishers themselves, like Comixology. So it's not too different from what, what you would actually have if you bought one of their products. Um, I think with all that sort of initial sort of um, groundwork out of the way, um, we can move on to the series themselves. Unless you had anything, Andy?
1: And that I suppose we should mention where you can find J Novel Club.
0: Oh yes, the most important part that I was told to mention that I completely <laughs> forgot about. Sorry. Um, but you can find J Novel Club at j-novel.club So like us they are people of extremely good taste because they have a .club domain um, You can also Google them um, Thankfully due to having quite a obvious name, it pops up very early in the search results, if not first So yeah, j-novel.club We'll mention that again at the end Um, So I've kind of front-loaded a lot of gabbing and talking, so would you like to take your, um, well, pick, Andy? Um...
1: Yeah, sure thing, yeah, so uh, so my selection for for this uh, very special episode is uh, the first volume of Marginal Operation, um, which is... uh, basically a series that follows uh a a guy who i believe i doesn't ever get named at least not in this first volume that i noticed
0: i don't Um, believe so no and usually i'm the one who doesn't remember names
1: yes yeah like i I had a moment of panic i looked at my notes as like wait i didn't write his name down like no i don't think he ever actually gets named um and so the, the backstory of this guy is that uh you know, he, he kind of f- fell out of, of education, ended up being a neat for a good kind of seven years, and he sort of finally got, got himself together enough to go out into the world, get a job, and, you know, kind of join society properly. Um, but we actually join his story as he's just lost his job, and he has become unemployed again, and, He's kind of, you know, in, in a bit of a bind. He doesn't really want to have to go back to sponging off of his parents. He he doesn't kind of, you know, want to go and move back in with his parents or anything like that. But, you know, the the working world is, is hard. Getting a job is hard. And so he's kind of he, he's pretty pretty down in the dumps about the, the whole thing. Um And as it turns out, he spots a, an, an advertisement online for uh, a PSM PSMC, who is a private military contractor. And, you know, they basically, you know, it's, it's kind of your typical military recruitment of sort of, Hey, no, no experience necessary. You know, will you don't really, you know, need to, to pass any particularly stringent exams or anything. You don't need any kind of physical, you know, capabilities. Just come along and, you know, chances are we'll give you a pretty decently paid job. Um, and so, of course, that's a pretty, pretty tempting thing to do. So. He goes to, to his quote-unquote interview, which is basically a case of like, hey, here's the deal. There's a button here. If you press it, people are going to die. Um, if you press the button, you, you get a job. If you don't, then you can leave.
0: Well, um, actually, sorry, Andy, to jump in. Um, they get told um, that you can leave, but also they, if you don't want to press the button, that's also fine um but you just don't if i remember correctly i maybe i'm getting confused
1: yes yeah i i yeah i think basically yeah you're, you're right the way it's kind of uh the way it kind of pans out is like you you can stay and not press the button but you're probably not going to last very long in this job so we certainly recommend against it and there are all kinds of like you know terms and conditions let's just say that that come along with this job of like you know if you go to walk away at a certain point, it's really not going to be to your benefit. So you should think hard about this. Um, and, our, and our main character just kind of a, basically assumes, well, this is just some kind of like weird psychological test. Like, you know, it's just your typical kind of like interview nonsense. I'm just going to press the button, go get my job. Everything will be great. Um, and so he does that. A few others do as well. Um He then effectively gets to, to move on to what he believes to be his training uh which is effectively kind of remote controlling an army um via computer screens from afar so he gets to give them instructions as if it's a kind of video game and you know it's just kind of uh, it's it sort of in a weird way it sort of made me think about the the, the old amiga game cannon fodder of just like you yeah know, you just you know you just just click 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 here to shoot them etc etc like slightly strategic just you know m- moving people around on a map um, and so you know he's he does that he weirdly he he doesn't seem to be particularly good at it in terms of like their test scoring but some of the higher ups kind of see something in him and kind of feel like there's there's some potential to him and that sort of comes to the fore later on as it kind of turns out you know the, the way he's been playing the system is, is actually you know t- to their benefit in the, the long term um and then of course there's there's a big kind of reveal that actually what he thought was training was actually not. It was live exercises with actual human beings involved. Um, which of course is, gives him, a, something of a moral dilemma, to put it mildly. Um, but then things continue and, you know, it's, things kind of move on, onwards and, and forwards from there. Um, and it's a, it's a really interesting series mostly because I, i'm really it could go one of two ways like i feel like at the end of this first volume like there's a there's a side to this series that, that i i like like i think it's it's kind of an interesting take on you know what is effectively modern military operations now where you know you can murder people from hundreds or thousands of miles away with drones etc cetera, etc cetera. and it kind of like it takes that idea and, and runs with it and kind of You know, it puts the obvious kind of moral quandaries about that and about, you know, the changing face of warfare and how, you know, you can now kill people without actually putting yourself in immediate physical harm and like, you know, what does, what does that mean and what does Mm. that represent? And it seems to, there's there's definitely a kind of an, an unknown element to this because there's one character that's kind of like seems to be some kind of elf girl which is sort of hinted at but not really followed through on so there's some kind of question about you know who is actually involved in this war like who is who is fighting against who here you know we're we're just seeing this military contractors side of things we don't you know, the the actual conflict itself, the reasons for it, is it justified, etc, etc, is all kind of completely obscured to both the main character and the viewer. And so there's a bunch of interesting angles with that that, I'm kind of really into and, and I'm hoping that future volumes will explore some more but at the same time there is the flip side of this of this volume which is very much just like hey sex and violence isn't it cool yay and th- there's a weird kind of I'm not sure whether it's having its cake and eating it or whether it's just kind of not being particularly clear as to its messaging but I felt like I was getting mixed messages from this in terms of like hey you know I want to be thoughtful about this subject matter but also hey isn't war cool and stuff, and old looks and boobs, and so it kind of left me in a weirdly sort of torn place where I do kind of want to read more of it to see where it's heading, but there are also some kind of warning bells of like maybe this is not the series that I'm hoping it's going to be when it really starts to flesh things out,
0: yeah, I feel like the there's a whole yeah i uh, kind of want to there's a quite a lot of different parts i want to touch on that you mentioned andy but the most thing so first things first an apology um the, the guy does have a name it's arata y- R- yota arata ah. um i had to quickly check that uh, but he barely gets mentioned he's generally just usually you um or referred to as the japanese one um on the element of having its cake and eating it i feel like there is some of that at play um mostly because um like arata is so kind of above it like for example as you mentioned he's um he's initially got very bad test scores for what is the non-real-life simulation part of his training on the like simulator or um operate- operation console which by his own admissions that looks like a bad rts um it looks like Tiberian son almost um, And, you know, as you say, they see something in him that he is clearly like got an analytical brain, which allows him to deconstruct what's happening and, you know, beyond it being a game and how to kind of see it all. And that is kind of part of it It has almost like a, a Death Note, like Yagami style like uh, using his intellect for dubious ends but also like seeing through the code and the structures of what is happening um in the first live fire exercise sorry andy
1: yeah i was gonna say there's, there's a little bit of kind of code guess of that to me but it's just like the, the whole lelouch v britannia thing of just like hey, i am gonna sit here from afar and like tell everybody what to do because you know i can see all the pieces on this chessboard kind of thing
0: yeah i have not watched go yes so <laughs> yeah i'm gonna say yes um but no i see what you mean though but you know he- he can kind of see through it. And at the same time, he also has his cakes and eats it in other ways where, like, so the series also does the same element but basically like he goes to a prostitute but he then ends up just using her for english training which initially irks the ever-loving shit out of her because he's getting in the way of her work and eventually he like pays the the sex hookup charge to learn english and you know it feels very sort of holier than thou almost of like oh look at this even while it is mocking Arata because oh he can't get out because of the pressure oh he's a virgin uh, ha, ha ha but at the same time it's still kind of remaining weirdly aloof to the realities of what's happening um and also like when the reveal is made um like the ender's game style the gate is down those were real battles reveal um which is ender's game to a t is that that's the end of just like volume one of this series and it's rather strange that like i would assume that in a situation like that there would be an attempt to either um delusion you know disillusion the character or let or they would go to a place of pollyanna assuming the best like his initial reaction from Yota is oh I've been killing civilians it's like well maybe you weren't like you don't quite know that you have very little information as you know from the interface so it's kind of wild that the the series basically goes on a massive guilt bender which is really well drawn and kind of horrifying which mm. is intended to be but it does seem wild to me that I'm like oh you didn't need to go all the way to that he could have been like lying to himself for an easy number number like while so that part of it was kind of fascinating to me because you know right from the off you know something is bad because you know pmc's don't exactly have a good rap in the world i mean hell you don't have to play metal gear solid 4 or 5 to kind of get that do you (laughs) um but you know you know that something's going to be up because of all the different elements to it and ryota himself at least is like clear-eyed enough to know that something's up even if it does blindside him when he took things too much at face value um as a quick note like um this series um has both a different artist and writer team but it also has like a military consultant on it whose name i have not written down the author is yuri uh, shibamura and the artist is daisuke kimura um i quite like um the general sort of writing um as mentioned it's kind of obvious there's going to be a turn and so when it eventually happens it's kind of a relief and i feel maybe i'd like to hear what you think of it andy but i quite like the way it pulls itself out of that dilemma at the end of the first volume where like there still needs to be a series like the series has to continue um so at some way it has to kind of pull itself out of um Arata being completely beside himself and the way he kind of come, pulls himself out of that spiral is actually quite fascinating to me um i don't want to say it outright because let's at least not spoil the right end of the volume but i wondered i quite enjoyed that as like a reasoning for keeping the system going as it were what did you think
1: Yes, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that, and yeah, I think the writing as a whole of kind of Arata's character is is actually pretty strong. Like it, again, it, it does have that that issue of it kind of walks the tightrope between you know kind of like ah oh, yeah, like he's a loser, but also oh, but he's actually a genius. And again, like I was always worried that it was going to tip over too far into one of those angles, but I think actually the way it it writes his character as a whole is actually pretty strong because. I think it kind of gets down to the core of one of the points that that this volume certainly is trying to make of just like most people, if you were given, you know, a choice between job A that didn't involve killing people and job B that did, they would choose job A. But, you know, in... The capitalist world in which we live sometimes you don't have that choice like you have to make hard choices and for some people you know that involves military service of, of some shape or form and like what does that mean when that effectively means killing people by a mouse click or you know using a drone or whatever and like I, I think the way it, the way it plays with that and the way it plays with the psychological aspect of that on the character is really interesting because you know you can kind of feel the the compartmentalization of it in Arata's brain of just like, hey, you know, to start with, like, oh, this is just training, you know, this is this is just, you know, me doing drills on some computer simulation, which in itself, and I, I think another character kinda of calls him out on this, is like, yeah, but even if that were the case, you're still preparing to go and do this for real where people will die so like why does that even make any difference and i think it it asks some interesting questions of the character in terms of his motivations and his morals and you know and and it it plays with that in in interesting ways like you say right the way through to to that sort of ending where clearly there needs to be a second volume and uh, and yeah i i really like the I, I really like the the kind of the entire arc of of that story because i i think it it all kind of works as a whole
0: yeah, I think it also helps that Arata himself is actually quite an interesting character. He he's externally extremely boring. Um but he you know, you actually get quite an interesting analysis and sort of like time with him and his mental state. Like the entire first chapter of the book is basically Arata losing his job and like like he's both freed from his previous work that he did not like but equally he needs to pay the bills and he's not in a position to really dictate too many terms and it's a really fascinating look into the like the warring state of inside his brain where he was once a neat he does not want to go back to that because it felt dehumanizing and from there it's kind of a case of like a really interesting self-analysis and discussion that kind of like while not one-to-one it definitely cut close for me at least of like oh yeah no this all tallies like this is all these are all things you say to yourself when you're kind of you know kind of got the knife out i suppose is one way of putting Mm. it um and also like kind of tangenting horribly onto another thing that you mentioned previously but yeah the the girl with the elf ears who is literally called elfield girl um and is shown multiple times like a few times in this series it's also in like the key art for the volume so it's it's kind of obvious she's gonna turn up at some point and maybe there's gonna be something behind that um i think that in the series as it stands she's introduced as an american because she has blonde hair um but maybe that's a cover-up i don't think all americans have like pointy spock ears somehow I've met, no. a few, I've met a few of them, and they didn't all have elf ears, so I'm pretty safe in that assumption, quite frankly. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I, in a weird way, that was one of the things that I, I found myself having to try and kind of put out of my mind, because I just started thinking, like, oh, is this series going to be, like, Gate? And then I realised, like, oh, <laughs> oh man, I, I really hope that's not the case. I legit
0: have that in my notes, where I have, is this Gate? Oh, no, oh, no! <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. as you say, I, I put it out of my mind, because it became, I, I don't know, maybe it will, it still has plenty of time to gate itself up, but I really hope not, because holy cow... Um, yeah,
1: yeah, for for sure.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I, I I must admit I quite enjoyed it. One thing I will say um, about the series is, this sounds really mean, and it is, but Man Alive does this um, series find itself a lot of ways to be put into featureless background rooms, so backgrounds <laughs> don't have to be drawn at all, like... I get it. Backgrounds are hard. And if you make it too detailed, you're going to wear your artist out. Uh, but it was pretty funny the amount of times they go into like a featureless room. And it's like, oh, come on.
1: Like, yeah, you can't yeah. say well,
0: everything in a featureless room, can you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and then even when they go out kind of, you know, in, into their operation, it's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we need to send you to this remote location that is nothing but, you know, a few rocks. And it's like, ah, yes, how convenient.
0: Yeah, it's pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. Which,
1: is, which actually is, is kind of one of the weird things things that i i got over it but there was a point where it's like well hang on if you're doing all of this remotely like why do they need to move anywhere at all like this it's like you could probably do this fine you have to have a secure location but uh, surely you could have picked somewhere a little bit better
0: well i think it's partially because you want to isolate the actual staff so you don't have exterior pressures like it's like a jury i suppose where you don't want to have them being talked to by newspapers and also it allows you to control their state a bit more but also like you know even if you get firebird like distance is and reliability problems are still a concern so you don't want to be trailing cable halfway around the world when you could like fly people out and just stick them in a gray featureless box where they have a direct connection with low latency to you know the weird Tiberian Sun game they're playing <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is true yeah I mean it also helps because they they can't really run away can they because there's like what as the show as the series tells us there's like one bus so what they're gonna do run away like good job in the desert idiot like <laughs> yeah
1: yeah in, in, indeed I mean one, one other thing that I, I will mention that was a bit weird presentation-wise for this English edition, is that there is a point where you have people, you know, they're they're talking in English and then they have a Japanese translator. And, like, within i can see it's a tricky one to, to decide how to do it in terms of localization but the decision is you basically have the lines in english twice and it just felt really weird to see and read that on the page and i'm not sure if there's a i mean personally i would probably have just left an english version and a japanese version but it, it just it only kind of happens for like a page or so but it just felt particularly weird as like oh this is a, an unusual choice for how you'd localize this
0: yeah saying that was that left me very confused because like at that point they're having to add an extra translation note in the margin to say oh this is what's happening i'm like well this you know i guess in one way it's interesting to see the slight changes of phrase between the two languages but that isn't very helpful when there's an assumption that in the native japanese that people would not have been able to read the english fluently so it doesn't really help translating it and then in another section there's a part where like someone is speaking in english Uh, but the character can at that point just about understand them because he's been taking English lessons and so they say oh yeah this is translated into English because it was in the original manga and it's assumed that the character who's being talked to can understand it now it's like you know if it wasn't for the strange fact of how you'd handled it before you wouldn't actually need this TL note and I think the um, audience are at least slightly smart enough to get that part um yeah. so yeah just a little a little few weird kinks to it um in that part. Yeah
1: yeah like it's not it's not a showstopper but it was definitely a kind of like moment of pause of like oh this is strange like this 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 feels weird in my head reading this because it's not like my my brain's not really trained to pass this kind of thing.
0: Yeah it 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 makes it slightly more sort of like oh okay this is a it's a slightly different way of doing this. Um so yeah but no, I must admit, I did enjoy it in the end, like, even if, uh, I mean, a lot of the tension was waiting for the penny to drop, and so where the series goes from here, at least for myself, is now a case of, well, you've got wide open country, like, you've set out your stall and the world state, so what are you going to do from here? Um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, I certainly, like, yeah, having read it, I I want to see where it goes from, from here, and maybe it won't be to my liking, but, like, it's definitely, like you say, it set up a really interesting state of things, like, it, 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 it has used its main character and its premise well thus far for the most part and so like if it manages to continue to do that and continue to you know take an interesting tact with the The stuff that it's playing with that you know is pretty heavy stuff that it will be easy to mishandle but if it if it continues to do it right then i'm i'm certainly on board for more of it
0: yeah there's a really fascinating because um, you know most series have that whole events depicted in this series are not related to any real people blah 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 you know the yeah. whole like cover their ass um text. the end of the volume has an interesting sort of cholerator to that which um depict it says I'm paraphrasing here but Uh events um in this series are based off of the world as it is now, which kind of feeds back to your whole discussion about drones and your remote warfare. And, you know, you can find plenty of like rather harrowing articles about people who used to pilot predator drones over the Middle East and have since had a mental break because, yo, they were killing people with missiles um through an Xbox controller. Um so there's plenty of discussion about that, and that's a known phenomenon in the world, which sucks. But anyway so if you want to continue reading this um um the series marginal operation has a single released ebook digitally so if you want to buy it digitally you can buy it um, there's a physical release which comes out at least here in the uk in december so you can buy it physically if you don't like digital books <laughs> at which point <laughs> what are you doing listening to me um but also um it has two volumes currently available on j novel club's website so after this i might link off to maybe read up load up the app and have a little read um and it's currently up to three volumes in japan so it's not got masses and masses behind it but i think it's reached a pace now where it's gonna continue going so we'll see um but there is more available if you so wish okay cool. anything else to mention about margin operation on that andy
1: no no i think that's uh that's everything
0: no it's okay cool yeah it does i mean like i kind of talked young about the art but there is some really good character expression because there's a lot of it obviously of characters thinking to themselves so it kind of gets a lot of use out of that
1: yeah, yeah, like I think it spends its time well in terms of what it what it draws and what it depicts. Like, it's I, I'm quite happy to to lose backdrops and have kind of boring locations if you're getting to the getting to grips with the the character stuff and you know how how all of that is panning out.
0: Cool, definitely. Right, so that is marginal operation um so moving on to the um this is actually um quote unquote my pick but also it's the series we were initially contacted about covering and it is animeta um i think it has an exclamation mark on the end but it works without um it is um written and drawn by Yaso hanamura um available on j novel club there are currently uh it's not complete at the moment there are currently four volumes in japan um there are three volumes currently available on j novel club the website um, there are two digital ebooks currently released, and one physical released um uh, book. I thought about turning that into a Chris- twelve days of Christmas star song, but no one wants to hear me <laughs> sing ever um but yeah, so there's a physical book, there's a digital book there's j novel club volume uh, chapters, and there's the Japanese so your whole gamut so Andy meta is the story of and I made sure to write down the character's damn name. Uh, Miyuki Sanada there we go right Miyuki Sanada also known as um, Yukimura um, unceremoniously a little way into the series so Miyuki Sanada is a high school graduate Um, she has a rather sort of um, perhaps unfounded but very strong and very well um, sort of based dream that she wants to be an animator and she applies for a sort of a fake but sort of based off of reality um, anime studio called N2 Studio and she goes for interview and she gets into like the second part of the drawing where she is um interviewed to become a new in-betweener um an in-betweener being a beginner animator in an anime studio who draws the sort of motion frames in between the key action points um one thing to note is that this series has lots of nice little footnotes and also little author notes at the end of volumes to help give you lots and lots of um insider terminology and backup on what it's talking about in the series which is very helpful and also there's quite a lot of it in the series itself because miyuki sander herself is kind of not the best at drawing um even her sort of interview drawings are kind of slated um by the interview panel of no less than 13 people which if i had to go to a job interview with 13 people on the other side of the table i would do a runner like i've done job interviews with four people and that was quite enough thank you um but poor miyuki she really really wants to get into the animation industry it is her dream like ardently furiously ever since she watched a Mag- magical girl cartoon when she was vacillating about her future and it set her soul alight basically um and so fire um after a bit of initial sort of blowback and some sort of slagging off of her ability she gets hired um somewhat to the surprise of nearly everyone in the series and she starts at n2 studio at the start of the year like fresh out of high school and then starts to work on initial beginner's tasks in animation and kind of very 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 slowly stumbles forward from there under the very strict tutelage of um, Fujiko who is a black-haired glasses-wearing beauty who likes her Otome games something fierce um, and she is also the main truth teller in the um series and will quite happily explain to the characters and also to you as the reader, that being an animator kind of sucks for pay. And in this way, it feels like, um, I mean, there's a very easy comparison to make for the series with Sherubako, which is an amazing um, anime series about the anime production process, which. Had kind of a lot of quirk and it got to some of the nitty gritty, but it was still sort of slathered over with a lot of good heart and quirks to the characters and the situations that happened. That kind of cushioned the blow and made it seem like part of the family, part of the natural running. Even if um, animeta somewhat, um, apart from Miyuki, kind of shears all that away and makes it kind of as clear as possible that even from the get go, it makes clear that yo Miyuki's gonna be on starvation wages here while she learns her craft and gets up to speed. Which given her current state is going to take a long time but it becomes clear that a certain number of people in n2 studio have their eye on her uh, for certain sort of hidden abilities and talents she has that hopefully they can train her up to be an effective animator without beating them out of her and that's the general sort of part and parcel of the story i actually went ahead of the um, one volume standard thing and read the first two mostly because volume one kind of ends in a halfway point and So it's kind of fascinating because, you know, it's a weird, um, it's a weird sort of counterbalance where Miyuki is clearly very passionate about this, but also very bad. And, you know, she's got a long way to go to learn and then, you know, but it feels almost abusive as a result because it's kind of clear that they're relying on her, on Miyuki's boundless passion and what is clearly an underlying talent or an important part of how she handles animation which is fully explained so it isn't just a complete like deus ex machina chosen one you have a fox spirit in you element she actually has like a deep well of talent within her that hasn't been awoken but the thing that drives me mad is that the series has this character who has barely drawn in their life and so is now an animator because of their passions even though they didn't seem to do anything up to that point to educate or train themselves for it um and also the fact that it does seem extremely abusive because the characters are basically like being extremely harsh on her while at the same time them counterbalancing it with the whole, Oh, no, I have great expectations for you, but damn it, you better be good in six months. And it's, it, it really gives me a very strong amount of whiplash where the series as a whole, while it's fascinating, it's very educational. I enjoyed the characters, but with Miyuki and how people treat her, it feels extremely abusive to the point of almost like going right up to but not quite crossing the line of being kind of unconscionable and unacceptable for me um even if it's a fictitious character i don't know if that's something you felt andy or how you thought about the series um but yeah. that is something i wrestled with quite a lot while reading it
1: yeah i mean i i really enjoyed this first volume overall and uh, i mean yeah i i think the the comparison to to, to shirobeko and, and the the different ways that they play with kind of a, a similar core premise is is kind of is is very important and very interesting because yeah like Shirobako is is a fantastic series like it's a a wonderful depiction of you know working in an animation studio uh, but if there's one thing you can level at it is that it is a very kind of idealized version of that like nobody really gropes about pay in Shirobako like nobody really like even even all of the long hours is kind of you know it's all a bit kind of dunkirk spirit but uh you know it's fun really um kind of thing and I think I think animeta is kind of a, far more grounded in terms of like, hey, this is terribly paid work. Like you know, it, it is clearly you can't make a living doing this. Like you know, as, as everybody presses impresses upon Miyuki, it's like you really need to be living with your parents or have some kind of alternative arrangements because you are literally going to be earning a pittance for a while and it you know it it goes it goes deep into that as as it kind of should because that that is the reality of working in that industry yeah. and I, I i think i think that's why i was not okay with the way people treat that character but i felt like it was probably it probably comes from a place of of reality where you know those people on that lower end of the wedge are kind of put under massive pressure both kind of financial and in terms of the volume of work and probably in terms of the attitudes of some of the people that they have to work with especially some of the the higher ups who are under pressure themselves and I, I, I think I kind of I I gave it a lot of rope to to hang itself with in, in in that sense because I feel like that probably is very much the reality at least in some studios of of kind of working under those conditions that especially if you come in especially in, in Miyuki's specific case where like you say you know she comes in as somebody who isn't kind of a natural talent like she clearly she she has the heart and she kind of. She, it becomes clear in this first volume that like she has an eye for certain things and there's definitely like a potential there but she is brought into a an environment that is not made to easily draw out that potential, like, you know, it is kind of a factory effectively for, you know, frames of animation. And it's not really a place that is, that is crafted to say, like, Hey, you know, you have potential, but here's, here's what you need to do to, to draw that out. And so, you know, it's, it's very begrudging that she's there at all, and that you know people people feel like because you know somebody who's sort of a, a star of the studio has said like, "Hey, I think this this person could have something." Everybody's just kind of like, "Well, I guess we've got to go along with your whim because you know you, you've got you've got a name for yourself," and you know it, it, it sort of as much as As much as i i, I don 't enjoy seeing the character treated like that, there was definitely kind of a sense of like this is probably the reality. If this situation were to play out in an actual animation studio right now, this is probably how it would work out like nine times out of ten
0: yeah, the one thing that makes it very bizarre as well is probably just a, a culture shock element, maybe, although maybe it 's explained better in like an and n article or something because it feels like some of the information in this would only ever be f- be like collated and presented um in a digestible format in like a big exposé article almost whereas this is kind of fascinating to see it straight from the industry itself although you know adjacent cuz it's manga rather than anime but um like it one thing it makes clear is that like the studio will hire new animators and whether they leave or not is kind of up to them like it makes clear to Miyuki when they're talking to her that like hey your it doesn't really matter to us whether you like starve or survive because we're gonna pay you the rate that is expected for this contract work because you're paid piecework like for each frame you draw you get this much yen and this is what you need to do to survive to eat until you can move on to a slightly better remunerated position that even if it doesn't have guarantees will have better sort of abilities and you'll have a footing in with you in the studio and that's what seems to be wild is that like they're almost like taking these people and putting them in like they're putting Miyuki especially in this pool where it's like, well, we've given you a pool and put you in it, up to you if you sink or swim. And that's kind of it. And that's the that's the wildest part that maybe it's a thing where I didn't quite grok it, but it just seems extremely wild, especially from like our sort of, um you know, European working time directive world of 37 and a half hours type thing. So it's real it's really fascinating to see that and it just seems extremely sort of just like cruelty is if not directly attached to people it is just around the corner um which is again what makes it slightly hard to parse and kind of accept for the character because as i say like i read into volume two and it continues along that path where her passion is somewhat rewarded but is also like almost a grindstone around her neck. Um but at the same time I can appreciate it being a manga that doesn't um like you know sugarcoat it and makes it look fascinating and also takes it from like the animator point of view because while Sherebako was amazing it was very much from a production s- assistant point of view with the main character Aoi Miy- Miyamori um and I think even volume 2 of this animeta like does call out Shirobako as like an interesting element. <laughs> in its afterword um yeah. so yeah but yeah it's that's kind of but it does it it feels fascinating to read because you're reading like a really good like very a very good explanation of the animation process and like how the sausage is made um through the series itself with this rather sort of troublesome sort of human story attached to it so yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i mean i mean again like yeah if 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 you are somebody that's watched Rebecca and was like oh yeah that that was great like this in terms of the the, the kind of the literal frame by frame animation process it kind of digs like a good five layers deeper it feels like it really goes into into the weeds of, of that process and I think yeah it's this is the kind of thing you could easily read like you know a, a long wikipedia article or some kind of piece on or probably even a book about but like if you want it delivered in a kind of more entertaining and, and narrative styling like this is actually a really good way to kind of learn about how anime is made from the animation point of view and uh, yeah like I, I, I think I, I do really appreciate the fact that this kind of goes in from the very start from the very low level because again you know a comparison here like Emma is the the main kind of uh, you know animator within the the group of characters in that in that TV show but when you actually kind of join her she's already into the, like the key animation side of things like she's gone through this whole process that you see in this series and it never really gets kind of talked about and referred to all that much you, you know for the most part she's kind of there already moving to towards the higher end she's kind of gone past that initial pain point and actually there is something really interesting to be said about you know about this this sort of industry and in this particular position because of course especially for a low-paid job you know the people that that are going to apply for this are going to have a passion for animation and like it's kind of it is depressing to think that, you know, that they're, they're brought into a system that is kind of inherently designed to kind of kick the crap out of them. And you kind of wonder how many fantastic, like top quality animators have actually just kind of been lost to the industry because they've never made it past like the, the low pay and the long hours of just doing in betweens. And, you know, there's, there's probably some some very notable talents that you know the world has never seen just because it's such a harsh environment to drop them into and and I think it's it's interesting to see that kind of you know put forth in this and that's that's kind of the thing that that fascinated me I think is just like seeing it seeing it go in that direction and it it is a love letter to anime but it's a very grounded one that's like i love this for all of its sins and for all of its problems whereas shirobako is kind of the slightly more like yeah you know there are some bad things about it but for the most part look how great this is
0: yeah the the like oh, i'd be fine sort of um way of looking at it i mean i think it it the one thing it does in particular that makes it stand stand very strongly is it kind of gives you the feeling that like any inquiry into a creative artwork or art form or industry does like a creative industry like so like what reading like watching a um a documentary on filmmaking or games making where you very quickly come to think man alive it's a fac- it's amazing that anything ever gets made and released like especially when you look at video games because like they're so multifaceted and crazy and it's amazing that anything comes out and the same thing with anime with this series where it's like man like all these layers of how they draw of how just drawings are done and combined together so it doesn't look like a weird lopsided lump like it's fascinating as a result which you know really kind of you know expl- shows you how much it's explaining in the series and how far it goes to kind of bring that across to you um, yeah
1: yeah and 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 i think actually like it's it's kind of its own art style is 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 pretty good at putting that across as as well like you know it's it's actually it's it's competent at kind of you know putting across Miyuki's own kind of drawings and as being you know not very good and you know her her early attempts at kind of you know tracing tracing images is just like you know really kind of rough and 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 unsteady and like uh, i suspect when you're actually kind of a a pretty accomplished manga artist even stuff like that probably actually quite hard to do to to bring across and like oh you know this this isn't terrible like this is still better than probably 90 percent of the population could manage if they were given a, a you know a piece of paper and said draw this but like you know it's still it's still on that level where it's like yeah clearly that's also not not kind of the quality that it should be
0: yeah it's it's pretty effective to make it like bring that across to you um in the art um one thing i'll admit actually i really like the art in the series in particular both because showing the stuff like in the drawings and also the studios like it brings across the kind of complete nightmare that is an animation studio um the only thing that i don't like is the main character uh yuki like i just don't i i there's something about her character design which just makes her look like a void like nothing about her really jumps out to me like obviously she doesn't need to be a pink haired princess with giant boobs like you know like a light novel protagonist but there's just she's a complete null to me like the rest of the cast all kind of sit and i know who they are and i can totally grok them but the only like there's nothing about the main character that i can really glom onto um which is uh, kind of a problem because i don't know i just it, it it's kind of a weird combination of the fact that she's getting all this abuse and i you know, at the same time she seems much more cypher like than human even if she's embodying this like passion for animation so it's it's really bizarre where like sometimes the the camera will pan away from yuki to the rest of the cast talking and i'm like oh this is great and then the main character comes back on in on panel and i'm like oh yeah her she's the main character ah crap like it's not that i don't like her it's just that she doesn't really register for me
1: yeah i mean i I think it's a strange thing where like i I feel like there's a certain amount of that that's kind of deliberate of just like hey we're not going to create this kind of you know this character that's going to kind of jump off the page because then you know you, you expect them to be a character that kind of dominates every scene and like it, almost the entire point of, of sort of her her position is she's got a passion and when she really funnels into that then you know she she does kind of jump out somewhat but for the most part she kind of keeps it pretty quiet and then just sort of fades into the background and I, I that does feel like a deliberate thing for me but it does yeah like you say it does also potentially pre- present some problems and th- there is a little kind of niggling at the back of my brain in terms of the the way they sort of play out her backstory and like oh this is how I got interested in anime That just that is the one part of it that felt a little bit kind of rote and boring and seen it all before like I mean I know it's difficult to to find an interesting angle on like oh this is how I got into a certain thing because the the story is pretty much the same for everybody I mean probably if like you or I kind of start talking about you know here's how I got into anime it's kind of a similar thing of you know I just happened upon this and realized that it's really awesome and then kind of got deeper into it but it, it just felt kind of so played out that I I don't know what I was hoping for, but I was just hoping for something a little bit different as like, oh, this was this was the spark that started it all rather than just like, oh, I saw this series that just happens to have come from the studio I've applied for and et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's this weird combination of Miyuki being extremely, like she, she, you know, as the series intimates, she has a talent for like seeing something in animation and like sort of, you know, passively being able to deconstruct it. But equally, like, as I say, did not train whatsoever for her future job of animating even like being vaguely aware that it's difficult and it, it, yeah it's almost like as if there's two data points in her life there is the i saw this show nothing happens and then suddenly she's just spat back out into the workplace where she's now got a job like it's it's that part that makes her even like even more sort of indistinct um well i mean she's as a character to like as a as a vector to pull you through the anime studio and as a person to like have exposited that it's helpful but it again makes a less of a natural human to my mind
1: yeah yeah i i think that's kind of the fundamental problem that, that the series has to wrestle with is like if if you, I suspect most people that apply for for a job in animation, like by the point that they're applying for jobs, like know exactly how every step of that process works. But then you're left with like, well, how do we explain this to the viewer as a third to the reader as a third party? And it's like, so you can't really have a character where they ask like, do you know what you need to do? And it's like, yeah, sure, and they just do it because that that just simply doesn't work. But at the same time, yeah, it does feel kind of clunky that you've got this character that's got a job at an animation studio and doesn't really know what the job that they've got entails especially when they've been played up as like oh yeah like I fell in love with animation and always wanted to do it but somehow didn't actually research into that process at all it's a it's a it's a strange kind of line that it has to a tightrope that it has to walk and it it doesn't do that particularly well again especially when I Uh, again, like, gets a bit boring with the the Shirobake comparisons, I (laughs) realise. But, like, there there is, like, I mean, that series... I forget exactly how it does it but it manages to have some some good segues into like here is how the production process works that that manages to sidestep that because like Miyamori in that series kind of like knows the basics of what she needs to do and you know there's nitty gritty to it that of course you need to learn on the job um, but it also manages to find ways to go over those basics as well without kind of either making the character seem stupid or you know just feeling like you know random exposition number dump- dump- Number 34 yeah. and it's, it's 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 a tough it's a tough balance and I I, I don't think it, it kind of sinks this volume for me at all like I'm fine with it because mostly because the information that it, it relays is really interesting and you know even as somebody who's you know not a, a massive animation nerd but you know I, I kind of at least dip into like the the nitty-gritty of the process like it's still interesting and it's still it's still put across in a really good and kind of comprehensive way and there's definitely kind of things to learn from from my point of view at least from the, that I got out of this volume.
0: Oh yeah it's a, really, it's a really good way of packaging that information as well, like I've i've previously tried to read like sort of long posts about um how animation is made like by people who know what the hell they're talking about you know the sakaga blog um entry sort of thing but the way that it's presented through this series makes it engaging like it is fascinating and like it has a little repetition especially in volume two but it really helps it put together how the sandwich is made especially once miyuki starts to like get her you know sort of stick her feet in it a bit more uh, i think the way that Shirobako kind of did it again just to finish off that comparison but the way that shirabaka managed to do it was that it you know it dragged you into the character first with miyamori but then it also kept the camera moving to different characters in that whole friend group and also like it started out with like one series ongoing and then a new series starting up so it's managed; it didn't just have someone jump in at the start from everything like things are already in motion and so it could quite easily like as characters jobs slightly changed and they moved around within the many many things that needed doing for them for an anime to be made it could help them introduce you to more things which is what which is how the shirabaka managed to do it i mean i like I mean, it's it's pretty powerful that like any so while I have done a lot of moaning, I did greatly enjoy reading any and I feel like I learned an awful lot. But at the same time, I really enjoyed the cast because there is an extended cast of other new hires and the old hands at the studio to different degrees, and none of them like none like they they've got a nice combination of. Like some part of it is caricature, but also they are still feeling like real people who have to do a job, and their job just happens to be making an anime go good. So it kind of helps in that regard that you do have this interesting in- extended cast. Um, like you got that old um, bald dude who likes drinking on the job, um, but is kind of a luminary at this point, and he gets the job done. So they have that he's allowed to stay around and drink, um, and all these other characters. So you you know you've got all these very intense personalities who aren't like clashing and it isn't like you know swords at dawn but it definitely makes for an interesting sort of um environment of characters and how they all you know kind of at the end of the day come together to make the anime work um just that you know it has to still get done and so it does manage to like balance out like the time pressure but also the like just fluidity of the workplace
1: yeah yeah for sure and i mean uh, yeah it it certainly it plays fast and loose with kind of you know just how sort of off the wall some of those characters are because you know i suspect even the most eccentric kind of animation directs and things probably can away with get away with drinking on the job and kind of harassing people in their interviews yeah Um, drinking
0: in an interview would probably be like the absolute worst thing you could do (laughs)
1: yeah yeah i mean that you know some of that stuff is is definitely like kind of like yeah this is this is def this this part pretty sure this is definitely fictional and not based on anything that actually happened but like for the most part like i feel like the kind of you know eccentric idiosyncratic kind of you know creatives angle works pretty well like most of the characters most of the time in, in in this volume you can totally believe that you know that these are probably not like based off of real people in in the way that a lot of Shirobako was but definitely based off of some kind of like you know life experiences or friends of friends or something along those lines of just like yeah you can you can totally imagine these people or kind of analogies to them existing in real life
0: yeah plus also like because it is set in the workplace like you you get to see a lot of them doing the actual like the work so it kind of grounds them in that fashion rather than just being like some kind of weird fairy tale creative who is barely in the office but seems to somehow put out bang- gangbuster blockbuster movies. <laughs> so it kind of puts that whole lie to bed, at least.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Um yeah, is there anything else really to say about Animetta? I think I've kind of like exhausted my notes on it. I mean like I say yeah. the the two other new hires are like guy you want to punch and girl who probably deserves a punch but you ha- she hasn't done anything bad yet i um, waiting to see what happens to those two i hope they get a bit more time because they are interesting characters and different perspectives like they both have their own little weird demons to them like one of them is a the daughter of a famous car, and so kind of already seems to absolutely detest that being mentioned every time and the other one is a prick who thinks he's king hot shit of his hot shit mountain and like although has already been knocked a little bit about, he hasn't been kicked down a peg yet. Um, I, yeah. I I can't wait for that to happen because man alive, he's got a punchable face. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, both of those characters. Yeah, there's there's plenty that they can can do with them, and and, and I hope that they do. But uh, but yeah, like I mean, much like yourself, like I I really enjoyed it. It's, it. It is one of those series that it's easy to kind of you know pick pick holes in, but like the broad strokes of of what it does and how it does it are all top notch like you know again very much catnip to me and I suspect to a lot of people listening like if, if you watch a lot of anime and you're at all kind of curious about the animation process and if you've enjoyed something like Shirabako and maybe want something that digs even deeper into the nitty gritty of the actual drawing pictures bit um, this is this is absolutely kind of something that you will you will enjoy and, and learn a lot from to be quite frank yeah
0: you, you learn a bucket I mean as I say like volume 2 goes all ham on that especially i recommend if you get a moment andy may or when maybe having a look at volume two because if if you're in for this first volume the second one really is quite interesting especially in the educational aspects also most importantly it has a shaft head tilt in it um so very important <laughs> element that i made very clear note of in my notes here that i have next to me
1: yeah yes that's, that's very important indeed yeah
0: but yeah as i say it's somewhat conflicting due to the previously mentioned like abuse concern type thing but definitely worth a look and as i say like i think at the very minimum the pretty beefy size chapter one is available for for anyone to read on the j level club website so have a look i guess you know you don't just tell them you i sent you um, yeah
1: yeah yeah and that and that first chapter is actually like i think it gives you a pretty good feel for, for a fair few elements of it as well so uh so yeah well worth
0: it yeah i feel definitely if you read chapter one and you're like mm, not sure then you know maybe think about it a bit more but grain of salt so um but yeah unless there's anything else that was animeta um Indeed. yeah pretty interesting work i'm glad i read it i'm kind of interested to see where it goes so um as a quick wrap up we have talked about marginal operation and animeta two series that are published by j novel club you can find out more about them and the rest of the stuff that j novel club puts out on j-novel.club we have covered a number of their series including some of their manga like a very fairy apartment um and um sex i i believe we talked about oh, have I actually inflicted that on you, Andy? No. no. no we, oh, we not, we've not talked. Anyway, about so I read Sexile. So completely free plug. I read Sexiled. Um, I joined up with a sorceress and kicked my party members' butt, and I really enjoyed it. Um, so there's a free extra, like extra chunk of content on there. Um, I'll probably make you read it at some point, Andy. I'm sorry, uh, but I think you'd like it. Anyway, whatever. This is just getting into extra time now. So yeah, as I say, j-novel.club, go take a look. They're also extremely good at replying on Twitter. So if you've got any questions, feel free to hit them up. Um, Just don't spam them. Otherwise we might get yelled at for encouraging it. So um, with that, Um, this is the close down of the episode we won't talk about what we're doing next time because this isn't a regular scheduled episode um if you want to see more podcasts though um hop hop along to screentone.club and have a little look for the rest of our podcasts you can also um, find us on twitter at screentone club we have an email address which is show at screentone.club if you want to get in touch for any reason Uh, my name is elliot page you can find me at elliot page on twitter and andy how about you
1: yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Hannahs1979.
0: Grand. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, any comments or suggestions about um, this like new special bonus extra thing, more than welcome to receive them. We'd love to hear from you. So, uh, from myself and from Andy, um, thank you very much and good night.
1: Bye, everyone.